0: Welcome to No Room for Phonies, podcast number three. Uh, we're calling this one Into the Fire and uh, it's we're going to kind of talk about hormones in your 50s and menopause and sort of how we've uh, what experiences we've had and when uh, we were starting to look at this I started reading about um, Into the Fire and I did a like a Google thing and there's a lot of things about Into the Fire, but they don't have much to do with menopause. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin, Brian Adams, they all have songs. Um, and uh I don't know, I thought for me, probably my most um serious menopause um sort of symptom has been hot flashes. So
1: that's why I yeah, always I
0: identify. think it's
1: fairly common for women, unfortunately.
0: I don't know if there's any woman who hasn't had hot flashes. Well,
1: I I guess we'll get into this later, but that's kind of the interesting thing. It's not something that people really talked about, right? Like, my mom never talked about it. My mom passed away when she was 65, and it was never anything that she talked about. So I
0: remember my mom, I remember having them for dinner one night, and she just had to change out. Like, she wore a sweater, and I remember trying to find something that she could change into because she was so hot. Mm. Uh, but she never know the fact that that was...
1: Um, no. My mom had a hysterectomy when she was 60, and I believe that was menopause-related. Yeah. I don't know. They were pretty, they that were pretty we- quick to do that back then. Not so much anymore, thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, but she never talked about it. So I think that's why part of, you know, you say we don't know if that's typical is because I think people generally didn't discuss it. It was not something you discussed in polite conversation.
0: (laughs) I also think it's into the fire because as soon as you start trying to figure out your body or go to a doctor or try to sort anything out, that's into the fire because nobody yeah to be
1: able to yeah, they don't know much about it for sure um, most doctors um, and not a lot has been studied I think that's gradually changing but I think up to this point if you try and find stuff or if you try and get information it's really difficult um, to find kind of good scientific based, you know, evidence on women's hormonal changes throughout the 50s, which is basically, or 40s, which is menopause. And then you have perimenopause, right? Which comes before, which is its whole set of other issues. Well,
0: the other thing is, it's not like it's not simple because, like, my body reacts to it differently than your like if you sit in a room full of women right they all have different stories yeah because it's not the same and then I think that that's why doctors just find it so hard to and it's it's I think it's very similar to what um women have gone through with postpartum Mm -hmm. depression and things like that too because um they're varying degrees of it right?
1: Because it's all hormone related, but yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. So I read somewhere that most medical studies are based on men, because it's easier to figure out what the results are without the interference of women's hormones, because it's a big intervening factor. So really, there are not a lot of studies about women and medical um you know, issues, and how our bodies react very differently to even things like heart attacks and strokes and um, it's all based on men, so you know it's really difficult to understand what what is happening to women if there's no real scientific studies out there based on it, right
0: myself forward for a scientific'.
1: Study. <laughs> That's
0: that's why we can say we are ready to put ourselves out there for somebody for a scientific study but yeah yeah, it's frustrating and um you know I think that kind of leads us into the next thing we kind of wanted to talk about is like why is it seems so hard to get it together when it Mm -hmm. comes to helping women through menopause and like I, I don't know, there seems to be, and I don't know if that's just a female thing, but there seems to be that sort of grin and bear it kind of piece that goes with menopause, where if men were actually having menopause, <laughs> there would be no grinning or bearing it about it. Yeah. Can men- you, I can't even imagine a group of men, like I just think of myself, because I was a, An elementary school principal so I would go to principal's meetings and there were a lot of women and most of us were in our like late 40s 50s and so we were a room full of maybe menopausal women with a smattering of men and I would have never known that anybody in that room was really not that you would talk about it with it at a business meeting or something, but right. I just picture like a room full of executive men going, having hot flashes, maybe like running for their lot. Like, I just, I yeah. don't know I think women buck up to things. Right. And then you just deal with
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, well, I had some pretty, I think we're talking about this later on in the pipe, but I had some pretty crazy perimenopausal stuff going on, and, and I, I look back at that, and the fact that I worked through it all was, was astounding. I shouldn't have, first of all, and I was call, literally calling my doctor from when I was on a consulting call at a factory, saying, I can't do this anymore, <laughs> and, yeah. and them What's just that? saying... Hey it's normal it's like no this is not normal i'm sorry this is not normal (laughs) like
0: i think everything all these stages of life that we go through as women like pregnancy and childbirth and whatever we just we take it whatever comes with it we don't even think about oh well maybe there's a way that this could be easier on our bodies or maybe we really do need to stop trying to run the world and rest through this. But I mean, I think there's just a stigma attached to it, right? That yeah. if you can't yeah. handle menopause, or you didn't handle pregnancy or childbirth, like, like really well, then you have some kind of, you know, ment. there's a mental illness piece weakness. of that. Yeah. Like weakness, right? And I, I just feel that You know, and I'm around a few young mums now and I see how um, different, like I think newer mothers now are more um, willing to talk about the struggle of it and how tired they are and there's not, it doesn't seem to be this stress on, oh, I need to get my body back to my pre-pregnancy weight and all that sort of stuff. So maybe the tide is... Is turning but certainly for my mom's generation like menopausal women you know could be considered people that are going to grab a gun and shoot people like, <laughs> like, like I, I, I really honestly think that people thought that that women right. in menopause could like lose their minds and attack people right uh, you know. Yeah, it's
1: true because the mood changes that go along with that too, right? And they just think, oh, she's you know being a bitch, really, and yeah. and and that's and it's all it's part of the hormonal changes, right? Because and then the brain fog, the I, hormonal I, brain fog yeah, is if just
0: I get angry at my kids or something. Then I think, well, is this just my hormones? No, they're being stupid <laughs> and they deserve <laughs> to have me be angry at. That's not fair to say. Right. Every- I lose it. Well, it must be my hormones. No, maybe it's like you acting like an idiot and you deserve me to be angry. Like, but yeah, but it's, it's, I've heard that said, you know, plenty of times about women and right. women in menopause.
1: And I think it's, it's even that phase or that stage or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I don't know that it, like, I'm friends with women who are now in their 70s. And I mean, I don't want to even think that hot flashes are never going to end, but I don't, I don't know that like some of these hormonal shifts really ever go completely away.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it decreases for sure because basically it's your ovaries shutting down, right? It's, it's the end of your fertility. Yeah, so then that 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 estrogen progesterone cycle kind yeah. of you start dropping in estrogen. Some people, some people become estrogen dominant, but anyway, so it's that whole cycle that then start that that um, that's why some women need to go on hormone replacement therapy because. All of a sudden, this drop in hormones causes all this crazy stuff, like super dry skin. um, You get black hair growing all over the place. Thing, right? Yeah. So then, yeah. So then, some women need that extra boost of hormone just to even keep things on a little bit of an even keel until it stops bouncing around. And
0: uh, should create something called a menopause buddy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you have somebody that you just can call who's like you yeah know, through it all and or and you need maybe somebody like the Baroness Von Sketch I watched the one where <laughs> he's in a coma and the person opens the curtain and goes I'm her designated like a chin hair removal yes. curtain, if she goes into a coma and I'm like man I need one of those sweet I have to book that person because if I'm in a coma like
1: that's right I'm
0: gonna come in and start pulling out my chin hairs I can believe that but anyway
1: yeah but yeah. I hope we're yeah.
0: on a if we're on a journey where um our daughters and younger women
1: won't like I hope so yeah I mean I know my daughter is way more open with me about what's happening with her body and what's you know, what's going on than I ever was with my mom. Like she talks to me about her period and what's going on and how she's feeling. And even she even got her dad to go out and get her tampons once. (laughs) I mean, I never would have done that in a million years. So I mean, I think there's definitely more of an openness about the about the kids, you know, 20s, talking about what's going on. And you know, hopefully, demanding change in some ways. Well, I think women our age are demanding change as well. Like, it's not okay to ignore this and want some kind of answers or results or something uh, about what's happening. So,
0: between, like, I don't think that I've I've ever, you know, sort of let things hold me back. But then, and and I think we'll probably get into this later. But then there's this whole bit about being self-aware and listening to your body. And like I remember having a conversation with my mother-in-law who has passed away, but my sister-in-law and I and my mother-in-law were all sitting in a room and my sister-in-law and I were talking about childbirth. We had just had babies not that long ago. I mean, not. And my mother-in-law said, oh, I don't remember giving birth to any of my children.
1: Because she was knocked
0: out. Yeah yeah you had four boys and you have no and I'm not saying like I have this lovey-dovey thing about childbirth but like to actually not have had any like memory of childbirth after four children like I don't know I just felt that was kind of sad but it is a sign of the time like
1: yeah it's changed dramatically. When yeah, you think about it, in one generation, for sure, definitely. I just yeah.
0: thought that illustrated so well how women of that time were just kind of almost like separated from their 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 bodies and what their bodies were really like, like yeah. you know. So, but anyway.
1: like, they thought my mom was strange for wanting to breastfeed because. Uh, yeah. My mom was a nurse, and she knew that that was best, and so she insisted that she was going to breastfeed her kids, even though they were trying to talk her out of it. <laughs> so, yeah. And well, now we you know that's the best thing you can do, if you are able. Like, some people are not able for exactly. a variety of reasons, and that's understandable. But if you are able, that is, yeah, we know now why that's the best thing to do. So,
0: well, I mean, I actually felt pressure as a young mom, because my mother had not, and my sister had not, why are you bothering to try, like, your baby will be just fine without that, like, don't yourself through um, how tired it makes you, and all the things you have to do in order to breastfeed, and I was like, no, if I can do this, I'm going to do this, but, so instead of women, like. I felt instead of the the women in my life supporting me in my decisions, I felt like they were almost. And I that's the difference. I think that I want to be as a mom to daughters in law or younger people in my life as that kind of a a mentor right. as a as like a support. Yeah, letting them work through what their body's telling them and just supporting and encouraging them rather than saying, "Well, I did this and I did that." Which yeah. really, most of the time, isn't all that helpful. Mm-hmm. Does it help you to say, you know, when somebody's trying to figure something out, like, oh, well, if you just do it the way I did it?
1: Right. Yeah. But
0: I don't think that helps you. Yeah. But that's just yeah. me.
1: So, but anyway,
0: yeah. you want to talk about our lovely menopause stories? Do you want to start?
1: <laughs> um- Sure. I guess the interesting thing about it is because we have this stage where they call perimenopause, right? Where you, uh, um, you go to, when your body's beginning to change and you start to go through kind of all these crazy things. And, um, um, I, and I just do think that stress adds a big part on it, too. And I think if you're, if your job is causing you stress or your family life or whatever, I think it just makes it that much harder as well. Um, but yeah, I started, well, leading up to going to menopause, it's not abnormal for uh, women to have like periods that are kind of all over the map and steadily get heavier, which was happening to me. Um, you know, the, the flow was getting heavier, the cramps were getting heavier, but then, then it started where my period started and didn't stop. Oh. So I went for four months. <laughs> this was going on so basically i was bleeding very heavily for um over yeah about three and a half months and then so i started getting anemic i had to go to emerge my heart rate was racing and finally i got some attention of doctors which we had my husband was freaking out it takes a lot to freak him out (laughs) and he was freaking out yeah he's pretty big back yeah so then we managed to find a gynecologist, got into a gynecologist because my GP said it would be months. And I said, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and so then I had an IUD put in, the Morena IUD. And um, so that slow, like, so my periods kind of slowed down to the point where then they stopped. And so, um, so what the Mirena does, too, is it masks whether you're in menopause or not. Because you're getting a hormonal input, it does, you can't really tell if you are in menopause or not. So I just had that removed two months ago. So it was in for four and a half years. And so I don't know for sure if I'm in menopause or not. I am getting hot flashes. I... Um, Had crazy mood swing when the IUD came out. Um, Yeah, so I don't know whether I'm for sure in menopause or not. I had a period after the IUD came out. So technically, you're not in menopause, I think, according to the medical community, until you go 12 months consecutively without having a period. Yeah. So I guess according to that definition, I'm not in menopause. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still navigating it, still trying to figure it out. I go to a naturopath. I'm on um, progesterone cream. That seems to be helping even things out a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I'm i still uh, treading those waters. <laughs> well, yeah. I,
0: for me, I went to, like, in my 40s. Where my periods were just so heavy, but I was like working,
1: yeah,
0: for my heaviest. Um, yeah, some I mean, I was a school principal, so yes, I had stressful days, but um, and I was in a position where like I found it very difficult to take time off because there was nobody really to do my job when I was off. So then I would come back to, and at most of the schools that I was at, I didn't have a vice principal. And uh, most of the time your boss is a, is a superintendent who could, can be a man. Mm -hmm. And it's not even something that you, like I was not mentored by women in my profession who would say to me well you know like it's okay to take time off for your kids or your or it's okay to take time off if you're having a bad day because of your period or things like that no we were i felt in my profession and i know this sounds ridiculous though that i almost had to be man like in order to be like that 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 wasn't an acceptable thing to be saying is that right. oh i I, you know, I need a few days off right now because my period is
1: really heavy, like, yeah, I worked, I worked through my whole thing as well, it was crazy, so I had to know, I was doing ergonomics consulting, which means going to different places, every place I went to is like, first thing I had to know, like, where's the bathroom, because I'm going to have to change my pad or my tampon, and I I have to know where that is, (laughs) and then, yeah,
0: uh, and then I, I also, at the very end, I would have like clots that would yes. come out. Right. And, like when that happened, God help you. Yeah. And I think that's when my entire wardrobe just turned into black clothing. Yeah.
1: Well, that was the other thing, right? Leaking, right? <laughs> <And> so carrying <laughs> extra stuff with you and, yeah
0: terrified that like i remember i had some dark green thing on one time and then all of a sudden like the trustee was coming for a visit and something happened and i'm tying stuff around my waist yes tour this guy around this the the school because for some i don't i can't even remember what it was about but i mean Mm -hmm. of some of those times that I, i i went that I went through and, like, yeah. I, never, I just sort of navigated it and whatever. And I know that there has to be, like, we can't all, as my sons call it, we can't all be snowflakes about everything. But right. there's just come a point when it's kind right. of like, yeah.
1: Okay. into to your body and say, yeah, this isn't. Well, I, I mean, I was trying to get help from the medical community, but wasn't really getting anywhere and uh yeah and you're just trying to trying to figure it out and I think if if you have that attitude which I think both of us have is like you know what I just gotta keep going I just gotta keep, well, keep on like, keeping on
0: <laughs> and I was like um yeah I mean but I was like I became I was a vice principal in my 40s then I was a principal like you're always thinking about you know i was i've been thinking about this a lot lately cuz i'm no longer working right and i think all we ever all i ever did in my 40s and early 50s was really think about other people and making mm-hmm. sure everything was working and running properly and everybody was good and now i think okay well it would have been fair at times to just kind of take a step back and say no figure yeah. this out for yourself But, I mean, I remember being, like, I took a day off to go see Zachary when he was living in Ottawa and going to school. My phone rang off the hook, like, that entire day. Like, I was never, you know, there was a call about this, and this parent wanted this, and this kid like, and I thought, you know, like, there was no time I could just be, and I mean, I don't know, but that's a whole other topic of, You know, um, work life balance kind of a thing and taking care of yourself. But uh, yeah, so, oh, I would not say that I'm at the end of menopause. Like, I have a lot, I have a lot of um, night sweats and hot flashes. Um, I've noticed a difference even in my hair and how it is. Like, yeah, you know, and, you know, just. Um, fatigue, like I, I'm, I'll go to bed at night and I'm really, 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 really tired. And I think, oh, good, I'm gonna sleep. And then I don't.
1: Mm. So I have looked at some. Um, yeah, that's a big one too. Sleep. I think there again studies I've read like the number of women that are on antidepressants, which helps, supposed to help with brain fog or some kind of sleeping pill. Like, it's phenomenal, the percentage of women that are on some kind of drug to help them through what are typically signs of menopause, and I don't, I think that's the other thing, I mean, the medical community, basically, they just want to medicate you, (laughs) and, uh, yeah.
0: I, for myself, like, I've done a lot of, um, I don't want to call it experimenting, but with um at health food stores like Mm -hmm. reading labels and stuff and thinking um like i drink this i think it's valerian tea at night sometimes and that can help but there are times when i also have these things called gaba and they actually stop your mind from racing they're like chewable things and so sometimes i'll take those at night but i have never allowed myself to on like
1: a sleeping pills no no me
0: neither no I have t- taken a half a sleeping pill once and I couldn't wake up <laughs> like <the next> <laughs> day, <laughs> well I that's
1: just, the other thing I have taken Advil nighttime which I guess I don't, it's a drug I guess and it does help you to sleep if you you know it's, it helps when you travel sometimes just to get you through a night to have a good night's sleep, But I wake up so groggy in the morning. Yeah. Like, just, it's hard to uh, get going.
0: There's even one natural one that I've taken, and it takes me till noon to actually wake back up. So sometimes I think some of these people who are, like, you know, Cause I think sometimes you do have to go with your mood swing and just kind of, you know, do something that helps you work through it, which is obviously a lot easier when you're not working. Like sometimes really in a mood swing. I'll think, okay, well that's a good time for me to take a long walk or go to the gym and really exercise and pound out. But you can't do that. Like I couldn't do that when I was at work. I just had to make a cup of tea, take a deep breath and, kind of work your way through it but yeah yeah i think there's a lot i don't think this will be the last time that we are talking about uh, menopause on our podcast somehow so well i mean
1: i think they all kind of intertwine right because exercise is really a great way to deal with a lot of symptoms that do happen through menopause which we talked about our last podcast was exercise and why it's important and this is one of the reasons why it's important too so they all the subjects do all kind of intertwine well, into each other
0: like menopause is not a mental illness so exactly are really being medicated for a mental illness because of your menopause right that makes yeah sense. but it
1: comes back to what we first started yeah. talking about is well, that the metal communicating does doesn't know what to do with it so they're like okay your symptom is you can't sleep all right here's a sleeping pill your symptom is that you're you're, you know, you got brain fog and you're down and whatever. Take an antidepressant. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like
0: I can honestly say that I've had nights where I think, like, like if I've had like three or four nights in a row where I just can't sleep, I that starts impacting my mental. Yeah, oh, for
1: sure. Your right? daily yeah, and if you're working and you know, you know, there would be days when I try to teach and. I could hardly stand in front of the class like I could hardly stand up there and it was like geez like I can you know uh-huh. but I don't know I guess. So
0: I it's, how it's all you would... interconnected right all that stuff yeah. so and but-
1: stress makes it worse so if you're in a stressful job and you're experiencing symptoms and it's kind of like this vicious circle because stress which is causes an in, in, inflammatory response, makes everything that you're going through just that much kind of worse. Yeah.
0: And I was reading an article um, lately just about inflammation, and mm-hmm. um, well, it was a a doctor selling something, of course. Oh, think, okay. Right, but um, I believe in this whole idea of inflammation and what you eat and how that impacts, you know, the inflammation in your body. Which causes weight gain, which causes all kinds of other issues. So, anyway, that might be a topic we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, my cousin who was visiting from Scotland, he's a PhD in psychology, and he was saying now that they're making a connection between the brain and inflammation, and that it actually does impact. You know, there's an inflammatory response that takes place in the brain, and um, and that's you know, and that, so that obviously impacts thinking and all sorts of other things, maybe early onset Alzheimer's. I mean, who knows? I think we're, again, still figuring out a lot of these things, but yeah, inflammatory response is definitely a big one.
0: But I guess if I was saying anything to somebody in their early forties, I would say to find someone that you can talk about what you're going through, who will not be judgmental. Yeah. It. Like, you know, I mean, I, I I don't mean, you know, that you have to have a menopause support group or anything, but at least to find whether it's a naturopath or somebody that right. you can actually. And there awesome.
1: is um, one thing I did find out there is the American menopausal society or North American menopausal society. And they have a website And if you go to their website, they have a list of doctors and there are some in Canada that have taken courses on menopause and are familiar, you know, dealing with menopausal women. So that's a resource. You can go to that website and look up and see if there's doctors in your area that actually have some kind of education or knowledge around dealing with menopausal women. So I did. one in our area so but they
0: also do think that we as women need to like um you know when I go to the doctor now like I first of all I have a female doctor now so that makes it I like I just like that better Mm -hmm. but um I would I think I would speak up for myself more than what I would have in my early 40s and say uh, no, that isn't really what's happening to me. Yeah. I, yeah, am not. I
1: My GP called me when I was going through all this, you know, bleeding issue, and she calls me and she goes, um, We just got some blood pellet tests back and you're anemic. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you for the last four months <laughs> that, yeah. that I am bleeding profusely.
0: <laughs> no, I think. And I think that's enough. I was um, hearing something about I forget who I was talking to who said that there's now like um, they're looking for like when your doctor gets your medical report that you get it too by like yeah these-
1: you can look it up like Life Labs if you get a test done through Life Tent Labs a, a blood test you yeah. uh, can have you can sign into an account and you can look at all the results of your whatever tests you had done. Um so think, then try to understand what's going on. No, also. but at
0: least though, like it's not some big secret, right? right. You go exactly. to the lab and you wait and you hope nobody calls you and you just where
1: right. you and you end up calling them to find out what the results are. So you try ten times to call because it's always yeah. easy. <laughs>
0: But I just think, why would that not be available to me? It's my stuff. It's
1: yeah, my exactly. Thing. You can request your records. Yeah. You to go into your doctor and request your records.
0: And we'll see in the next 10, 20 years or so. Yeah,
1: I think that's really going to change, too. Is yeah. that all Everything going electronic and having access to your files and all that sort of yeah. thing. All
0: right. Well, that is our minute story <laughs> for now. Uh, the continuing saga, I think, yes, so, uh, exactly. because, you know, but maybe we want to talk a little bit about our, um, our through hike. Cause I, that is still our, ultimate our
1: school Yeah.
0: A, a, sort of in, I don't know. I'm thinking probably sometime in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to. Um, so I, t- I'm trying to do this 21 days challenge I found on the internet of it's, it's um, upper body and it's um, uh, like I do some running on the treadmill and okay. some walking. So I'm trying to do that sort of every other day, which I'm having varying degrees of success because well, the other day I was going to go to the gym and then it was a beautiful day, so we decided to take the
1: canoe down to the canal.
0: Oh, nice. But uh, I I personally would rather exercise outside than inside. Yeah, well
1: I can. As we got our first snow last night.
0: <laughs> yeah, ours this morning. I was like, yeah. that's crazy. So
1: yeah.
0: I'm, I'm yeah. trying to, because I'm I'm figuring that we're going to have to be carrying stuff on our backs.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends how we set it up. It could, you know, just like a day pack or something like that. If we get yeah, our stuff, you have to carry something. Yeah, water, snacks. Yeah, that but kind
0: have something on my back and I want to be prepared for anything. So I wanna be able to back on and be so I've been working
1: at that. Yeah, that's great. So, so yeah, unfortunately I've had a bit of a setback. I strained a muscle in the bottom of my foot. I thought it was plantar fasciitis and I got really concerned. It's been coming on for a while, which is also a lesson in terms of listen to your body. And I thought I could just kind of work it out and figure it out. And then finally got to the point where I can't couldn't deal with it anymore. So I took it, went to a chiropractor and he said, mm-hmm. you strained a muscle in the bottom of your foot. So that slowed me down a little bit.
0: It's unusual thing to do, isn't it? It is it its unusual. <laughs> I was like, how do you strain a muscle in the bottom of your
1: foot? So it's a tendon. So your foot's got tons of muscles, but there's one that runs kind of from your big toe and inserts in your heel. And that's the one that I've kind of strained. And a strain is kind—it's of, another word for tendonitis. Like it's, it's the tendon that's very sore.
0: So and, um, or something?
1: Um, it could be the way I walk because I had ACL repair surgery on that knee. Okay. So it could be just the way that my foot hits the ground because of the way I walk, because of my knee. Like I'm probably doing something a little wonky. Um, so I'm just kind of having to slow down a little bit, which is really hard because I have to walk my dog like three times a day and I have to, you know, you still, you can't just not use your feet. <laughs>
0: no, hard. Yeah. You just say to your husband, say, just say, sorry, Doug, sorry Doug but I, my feet are up now for the yeah. next, never so.
1: That's unusual. He's not used to seeing that from me, so he is pretty good. But I took the dog out this morning. He's in Toronto, and I took him on a trail walk. And I came back, and my foot's quite sore. So you know, I just need to listen to my body and let it recover and uh, and yeah. work through that. So that's another lesson to be learned: is you got to listen, and sometimes you have to go through a period of recovery before you can go full steam ahead again. Oh, yeah,
0: sure, but. uh well, the thing is, uh, we have a few months, right? Yes. Yeah. We're just entering the yeah. happy winter season, November, December, January, February, <laughs> May, June. So yeah. it's like eight months ago. Oh, yeah, i have uh, so, oh, um, yeah, been a
1: few, a couple weeks. So I'm hoping this is just like a couple weeks set back and then I'll be off and going again. So, so yeah.
0: when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually been looking on the Internet at different places, too. So maybe next time. That we do our next podcast we can talk more seriously about maybe the where is and kind of like the type of terrain because if there's going to be like a lot of hills and stuff I better start doing some hill climbing on my treadmill (laughs) because I'll be like halfway up the hill and be like
1: 15% (laughs) incline so Yeah. yeah
0: yeah right well that's good and uh so that'll this concludes podcast number three so um we'll be back in a couple a few weeks with uh podcast number four and um i just think it's been great to talk yeah
1: yeah it has been good good. yeah it's an important it's an important one